Coach A. Calmet, welcome to A Drummer in Dublin. Thank you for having me here, Fiukra Kinder. <laughs> That's me. How are you? I'm very happy. I'm very, uh, quite emotional as well, coming back to Dublin after two years. Yeah. And I they bet. actually let me in, so that's great. <laughs> no. Yeah, you had some trouble last time. More than trouble. More than trouble. More so than trouble. For anyone listening, we almost had Kote on the podcast in October October twenty seventh, I think. Yeah. Something like that. And the morning of, I think, or like the day before or something, it's like, Yeah, they don't want to let me leave Spain. Well, Ryanair wouldn't let me on the plane. Fucking there's there's this whole problem uh loophole in uh, way too long yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah but uh anyways it was a big problem so i actually spent 24 hours in the malaga airport trying to sort out things <sighs> so i felt like tom hanks <laughs> <laughs> in terminal yeah fuck so it was a, it was a fucking nightmare it was definitely a nightmare jesus but, but you managed to make it back i managed to make it back yes yeah so here i am rocking like a hurricane <laughs> <laughs> And we're in, we're in the middle of Storm Dennis, I think. I think that's what today's weather is. Really? Yeah. Storm Dennis. Storm Dennis. Nice. Um, Good on you, Dennis. Thank yeah. you. Good on you, Dennis. <laughs> uh, so you're back. It's been two years. How's it been? How's it been? Been away. Been away. It was quite, you know, hard a lot of times. Uh, you know, you, you always think if it was the right move or wasn't the right move. I mean, I had to, I had to move, right? You know, because immigration wouldn't keep keep me here. They, even though my papers and everything was okay, there was a lot of problem with immigration. And it just got to a point where I said, like, you know what, I have to leave because it's been eight years trying to get my papers, haven't done anything wrong. They wouldn't give it to me. Went to Spain, and in three months and ten euros, I have my papers. Just like that. Just like that. Yeah, so it was crazy, uh, but a, a very crazy ride, to be honest. I've, I've done a lot of things in two years. Yeah. Spain's been very nice to me uh, until now. And to everybody, you know? Yeah. Uh, everybody that goes there, any friends, uh, they're in love, you know? It's yeah. Like everything's very easy. To, I'm not saying that here's not, but just, uh, just uh, I think the just having sun every day. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I left uh, yesterday, and it was... No, two days ago it was twenty degrees, and we're in you know we're in winter. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, until you get to July, then you can fry then an egg. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> on yeah. The, on, on the, you know, just on the pavement there is like oh, just fry an egg there. Wow. <laughs> yeah. But the the beautiful thing of Granada is that you actually have the mountain. You got Sierra Nevada, uh, just like the beer Sierra Nevada. Yeah, yeah. And you can ski. So right now it's ski season, and then you can actually go down to the ocean, and you can you can be in the ocean as well. So. Oh man. Pretty, pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. That's savage. You gigging much? You must I, be. I am gigging much, yeah. I'm very happy when I got there, I joined an, a jazz association called Ul Yaku, like a um, Dizzy Gillespie song. Oh, class. And the cool thing is that all of Andalusia, each state of Andalusia, Seville, Cadiz, etc., they all have a jazz association. They kind of all work together, you know, to get things going. Sometimes it's tough, like, anywhere yeah but uh it's great in almeria there's classy jazz in seville there's as a jazz in malaga there's a place called cam which is uh, uh what does it stand for i can't remember but uh sorry cam <laughs> <laughs> but uh there's a lot of things happening you know and right now like every thursday i open a jam session really near, near my house and it's packed 
uh, all the students from the school. We opened the school, a jazz school over there. No way. Yeah, I'm, di I'm directing the, the jazz school. I'm very happy. The town hall gave us a beautiful space to wow. to make music and to you know make be open for everybody. And I'm um, directing a big band as well now, kind of. You know, a big yeah, band. Yeah. So it's in this beautiful place called La Chiseta, which is in the middle of the mountains with these rivers. And uh, we created La Chistera oh, Big Band, and uh, we play there every last Saturday of the month. You know, we're playing a lot of Count Basie, Duke Ellington, Tad Jones, and it's for me, it's the best school, the best jazz school anybody could possibly have is playing Class. in a big band. Yeah. You know, so a lot of things happening. Yeah, a lot of things happening. Man, I'm that's great. Happy. Yeah. All right, let's go back to the start. Okay. Where did drumming start for you? Um, on the table. <laughs> on the table? <laughs> Pretty much. What uh, age? 14, 15. Okay, so late. A bit late. Yeah, yeah. Mid late. I a bit late. Whichever yeah. But, um, I, I mean, I started with guitar, really. You know, there's more guitar players in the world than human beings. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but my dad plays guitar and uh, he used to play in a band called Grass. <laughs> grass. Grass, yeah. Okay. Like grass, you know? And, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, okay. That kind of grass. That kind of grass, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. So he used to play in that band and sing and play guitar. So I would have the guitars there and I would kind of just strum guitars since I was like nine or ten. Yeah. And then I kind of went into, when I was 14, 15, being a big fan of Metallica. Yeah. Uh, I started getting into drumming a lot for some reason. Maybe I just like very heavy stuff. Heavy stuff, yeah. <laughs> cool. But uh, yeah, and then my dad one day goes like, Do you know, your uncle's a musician and he has a very good studio, like one of the best here in per in Lima. I was like, what? <laughs> so you just for anyone who doesn't know, you're from? I'm from Lima, Peru. Lima, Peru. Even though I look from Limerick. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Cody, he's got a lot of red hair going on. A lot of red hair. Yeah. That's you. Uh, yeah, as with me. Well, yeah. look, my I, could, I could be from Lima. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Exactly. Sure. You could be from Lima and I could yeah. be from Dublin. Sure. They would have no idea. Yeah. If we don't open our, our mouths. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Are there many redheads in Lima? About three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Two now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what was it like growing up there? Uh, it was tough. It was, yeah. it was, it was nice, but it was tough. A bit of a chaos. Um, there's a lot of, instability really in lima now there's more a bit but it's very it's dangerous really know? it's very yeah. dangerous some places you i mean I've, i remember friends of mine going like uh you're redhead and white so maybe just don't come Re out you know you'll get y robbed or something you know? really wow. yeah uh, but e i was even in, in a car chase because these guys wanted to rob us so I was very lucky that I was with this guy who knows how to do rally <laughs> so he, he fucking just went <laughs> No way. Yeah, like very fast. Um, yeah, it's been crazy. It's been a crazy ride in Lima. I mean, Peru is, is such an unbelievable country. Yeah. You know, uh, Nature-wise, it's unbelievable. It's partitioned in three. So you have the coast. In the middle, you got the Andes. And then you got the jungle. Oh, so the amount of diversity of yeah. food is just unbelievable. If anybody is interested in food and wants to see a bit how it works and how many dishes we have there, there's a program by a friend of mine called Luciano, and it's called Viaja y Prueba. It's in Facebook. It's like very, very well known. How, how do you spell that? Viaja. Uh, it's basically, if you translate, it translates is, uh, is like taste and road trip or something like that. You know? Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, viaja yeah. is V-I-A-J-A. -A. Right. Viaja. Yeah, yeah. E. 
Y. Yeah. And separately, Prueba. P-R-U-E-B-A. And basically what my friend does is he goes to different parts of Peru, like little restaurants, you know, and uh, and that's something I did as well there, you know. There's so much food, so much food because there's so much diversity. Yeah. In every place you go, you just don't repeat food, you know. That's so cool. So, yeah. Food-wise was great (laughs) in Lima, you know. Um, When it comes to jazz, there wasn't many more, much jazz. A lot of us had had to leave Lima. Uh, but I, it's not that I just left Lima because there wasn't jazz. It's because I felt it wasn't really the place that I wanted to be. You know, there's a lot of chaos, a lot of stress. Yeah. And uh, when uh, I left Peru, it was a bit more tranquil. Okay. You know, I, I felt there was a lot of stress and energy from that place. You know, just kind of released. Released. Yeah. Exactly. Cool. Exactly. So. Si- have you got siblings, brothers and sisters? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. I have a sister, which is redhead as well. Cool. Uh, then two other sisters and a brother. Cool. Mm-hmm. Are they still there? They're still there, yeah. All of them. Uh, well, my sister was living in New Zealand for a while. No way. And then went to Australia for a year, maybe two. Can't remember. Cool. But uh, I know you went to New Zealand as well. Yeah, yeah. My dad's from there. Yes, yeah, that's yeah. true. You've told me that. Yeah. Um, that's cool. And how are they finding? Like, do they still like it? They must like it if they're still there. Yeah, it's more of. I mean, I've told my dad many times. Listen, just sell your house and come to Spain, you know. Really? You'll be much, much tranquil here. Yeah, because there is so much, you know, stress. Just in the day-to-day basis, the amount of traffic is mental. Yeah. It's li- have you ever been to India? Or no, 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 no. Anybody that has been to India, it's literally like that. Really? Yeah, yeah. It, oh. It's terrible. It's like people beeping their horns all the time. All the time, yeah. And you're just like, there's no point of silence, you know. Uh, really which for me stresses me a lot you know yeah, yeah, yeah and i think any human being requires a bit of silence a bit during the day you know mm. but like it's, it's crazy it's yeah crazy man yeah 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 that's so, mad what's the population of peru uh do you know uh, i can ask google <laughs> <laughs> i'm just curious just if you know like i actually do not know but yeah. i've i've had this uh question many many times and every single time i have to ask google so let's ask Google to see. Uh, I, I, next question was going to be, what's the population of Lima and like what kind of size city? Lima is pretty big. Yeah. Oh, I have no internet. Okay. Oh, here. You, you can, you can, can, have you can have ask a, Google. Have a quick look. But uh, I think it's 34 million okay. in Peru. I think so. Anyways, I could be completely wrong. What have we got? 32. 32. Hmm. Close. Jesus. I don't know if anyone can hear that. That's some pretty fucking hefty wind. There was a wind, was it? Yeah. Oh, wow. Good on you, Dennis. Good on you, Dennis. <laughs> yeah. And Lima population says, oh, it's not that big. Well, like the Lima district. Lima it says 268,000. And then I wonder if, if there's like a greater. What's that? 10 million. Fucking hell. That's that's what I was wondering. Yeah. Well, Lima is pretty big and pretty hectic. All over Peru. I mean, Lima is really the only place where there's people with a, a lot of money and some places in the jungle as well, you know? Right. So a lot of people will go to Lima to create their dream, you know what I mean? Okay. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That will kind of what, what classic, will happen. Classic. Yeah. Big city. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Peru itself is beautiful, man. You go to the jungle, I've seen some unbelievable things in the jungle. One, actually, one of the most remarkable stories of my life, I think, was when I was at 4,800 meters above sea level in this house. (laughs) (laughs) 
and uh, this is just complete empty house and you just go there and, and you unpack and you put your your tents and all and i remember getting woken up by by the storm you know lightning just like yeah and um so i kind of opened my eyes as i wake up and then i open my tent and i see everybody just like li lined up watching this storm you know it's like oh cool so i'm gonna go so but, but but what do you do when you're gonna watch a storm what you you look up right yeah so i did this i was like huh? so I, i was so high up no way that I was, i was literally looking the storms down so i was seeing how they were created you know no way it was remarkable oh yeah. man that was just like what look and see us yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> jesus uh it was unbelievable looking down on a storm yeah looking down on storm fucking hell this is a literal description Man. of passing the storm <laughs> yeah that's insane yeah it's pretty crazy it i'm just, just i'm looking at the map of peru you can i know exactly what you mean now it's just like coast uh-huh then mountains jungle like it's exactly yeah is that the amazon that is the amazon no part way. of the amazon yeah Amazon, basically all of brazil is amazon a bit of paraguay bolivia's amazon as well world no bolivia's more and sorry uh venezuela has a bit of amazon and uh Man. it's crazy south america is absolutely beautiful i recommend to everybody to go be yeah very, be very careful yeah but go yeah you know you're gonna try some of the best food ever yeah fucking hell i have a great time as well that looks savage so you started playing metal drums pretty much at 14 15 14 15 when i was 17 i was playing an iron maiden tribute band Judas Priest tribute band. Yeah. Oh, it was a double bass crazy motherfucker. Uh, yeah. No way. Yeah, yeah. And uh when did you get your first kit? When did Can I get you remember? It? I bought my first kit uh when I was 18, I think. Right. Because I, I at the moment I was just I had a couch just like that one there. And you know the where you put your arm. Yeah. That was the hi-hat. <laughs> <laughs> the snare was where you sit down and I'll just just this. bang your foot yeah. just bang my foot you know and uh yeah i kind of worked and then I, i used to surf a lot okay a lot a lot a lot and this friend of mine said like man i have well but not surfing like surfing standing up but uh, more like a what's the one uh, like bodyboarding bodyboarding yeah, yeah i was really into bodyboarding for some reason and peru has some of the most amazing waves in the world cool it has the longest wave in the world is one kilometer not up but across know, yeah across yeah. So this friend of mine gave me a board for free, a very good board. Yeah. And I was surfing and surfing and surfing. And one day I was like, man, if I sell this board, I will be able to buy my, my first drum kit. No way. Because, uh, yeah, my, anyways, I asked my friend if he was okay with it. Because he gave me it for, you know, as, as a present. He's like, absolutely, man, go for it, my friend Steven. So he's like, yeah, and I sold the board and uh, I was able to buy a uh, kit. Uh, uh, Yeah, kid with the double bass pedal. Can you I remember? Did. Can you remember what kind of kid it was? Oh, I do remember. Yeah, a Pearl Export. <laughs> <laughs> Savage, a That's black great. Pearl Export. Black Pearl Export, classic. Of course. Yeah. What else would you be playing if you're doing heavy metal? Heavy metal. Yeah, that's so, savage. So I was practicing every day. Like uh, I had my my headphones practicing Dream Theater a lot. Class. All of the Dream Theaters, yeah. all of the, you know, Master of Puppets as well. Did you know the Master of Puppets have a bar of seven? I didn't. Yeah. No, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> I One day, you know, at the start, I didn't know that. You just learned the tune, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But then I remember uh, like what, two years, three years ago, you start, you listen back to all the songs that you've listened before. Because like, uh, well, I wonder what I've left, you know? Yeah. And it's like, is that a bar of seven? That's mad. Yeah. You know, and uh, 
and then yeah it's crazy and they used to listen to a lot of those songs and he's like yeah. man i've been playing odd meters and i had not a clue, had no clue. yeah not a clue yeah, yeah. But that's what music should be about you know yeah it's it's good you're just, that you're just feeling it exactly you know? yeah you're not thinking in, in an odd meter you're exactly. just doing it yeah it's like folkloric um, music i think it's the best music in the world the folkloric music because you know you can go to different places in africa or india or whatever it's like you know what is this is it seven is it a nine like, well, i don't, I don't know. know i'm just playing yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm playing man yeah you know, feel it feel it <laughs> yeah exactly um what was i gonna say yeah what was like did you did you get lessons or anything or when i was in peru i got one lesson one drum lesson everything else i did it by myself uh then i moved to brazil for okay. two years yeah and because i wanted to go to berkeley the whole berkeley thing you know? right but obviously you know studying in berkeley you have to sell a, a liver yeah. or something you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> so grand total or something isn't it? yeah it's crazy yeah Oh, it's it's crazy, absolutely crazy. Yeah. So I was having lessons, but not drum lessons, harmony lessons, and and reading lessons with this okay. guy Rodolfo Alfaro in in um in Peru in Lima because I, I. Oh okay. Yeah, uh, it was a particular thing. I, yeah. I really I really pushed for that because, uh, for me, being a drummer is being very melodic as yeah. much as possible, and you're really the groove behind something that's gonna work or not. Yeah. You know? Uh, if your pattern of the hi hat is going against the melody, if your bass drum is actually, you know, it's it's mm -hmm. so important the role of a drummer. It's not just like, tune da, and, and that's it. You just, know, just keep time there, will you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, here, here's a clock. Yeah, yeah. But uh, for me, it was very important to understand harmony and all of that because I didn't want it to be a drummer. I wanted to be a musician. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's the same. You can do say that with any instrument. I don't want to be a guitar player. I want to be a musician. I want to be a full musician. Yeah. So that's so I, I went to Brazil because there was this uh, Sosa Lima. It's called the place Sosa Lima in Berkeley, and the whole two year, and then you go to Berkeley for two right. years, etc. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like what New Park. Exactly. Yeah. The the New New Park degree. Yeah. That's when the where I, you know, met Ronan Kilfoyle as well in, in Brazil? Brazil. In Brazil no for way. the IASJ conference, the International Association of rhythm something 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 jazz dark side <laughs> yeah something jazz something there's jazz. a j in there so probably jazz uh, yeah can't remember sorry running uh <laughs> but uh, i studied in brazil for two years it was great uh the teachers there were unbelievable it really changed my view of everything one of the drum teachers was hermetos pasquale drummer uh who actually was the one who put loads of of brazilian rhythms to the drum set like bayon and no way. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Nene is his name. If you ever come across him, he has a great book as well. One of the first books of, of Brazilian drumming. No way. Fucking yeah, hell. and I learned a lot. He wasn't my teacher personally. Yeah. But uh, I was, was seeing him play all the time. He was around, there, yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, I did a Brazilian ensemble class with him, I think, once. Yeah. Pretty good. Very but cool. my first teacher and mentor, live mentor, was a guy called Bob Wyatt. Bob he, Wyatt. Yeah, Bob Wyatt. He was from... He sounds Brazilian. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> He's from Philly, actually. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I remember him having no patience, but that was great. Really? <laughs> a bit of patience at times, no patience sometimes. Yeah. It was great. He, he a, yeah, taught like me a, a lot. Like in a good way? In a good way. Yeah. In a good way. You got know? you moving. Yeah, got me got me moving. Yeah. And it's like, man, if you're not going to do work, I don't... I don't want to fucking hear about really? it. You know? I was yeah. like, no, I'm doing the work. I'm doing the work. Okay. And that was great. He he really mentored me <clears throat> down and it's like made me understand how the subdivision of jazz works. Because he's he's a motherfucker, man. I, I really recommend everybody to listen to Bob Wyatt. He's right now, uh, uh, maybe 
65 to okay 68 something like that yeah but he he can he's one of the guys that can really really swing old school you know okay he was the drummer for Maynard Ferguson wow so he toured with Maynard Ferguson a lot played with Chet Baker as well no way yeah I didn't know any of this until but then yeah and he's then just like, some guy who's oh, yeah yeah who yeah, yeah. lives in Brazil with, yeah, yeah it's like, it's that's a crazy guy from so Philly lives in Brazil and yeah what kind of age did you go to Brazil when I was 20 20 yeah okay 20 21 22 yeah, yeah. I stayed there you know still I was 23 I think okay um I had a great I mean Sao Paulo for music is unbelievable yeah. you have every type of music literally from techno really to, to jazz oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah full yeah. on full everything. on and you go to places to see live samba as well which is great Class. there's there's this one place in particular if anybody is listening is going to Sao Paulo called get, get ready Odoborogodo <laughs> <laughs> it's a place it's great can you repeat that <laughs> Odoborogodo okay so that's the name of the place <laughs> Odoborogodo right so and what like is it is it a club or like a it's a club it's a samba club oh cool so they will have you have I mean you can search it in Facebook as well and they have videos and stuff and yeah. I remember going there and dancing samba and, and I think it's a very important thing as well for drummers if, for musicians really yeah to dance or even try to dance samba try to dance this tap dance whatever whatever yeah you know but try yeah, yeah. I think it's very important um, because and I'll talk about this later as well the connection between dancing and like in African rhythms or mm. Hindu rhythms and stuff you know yeah. you actually play for the dancer yeah it's not the other not way not the other way around yeah, yeah so it's very very important and um anyway for me music is that people can't dance it doesn't matter if it's like the slowest thing in the world if people can't dance something's wrong something's wrong something that, that's yeah. my mentality anyways you know Cause you can you can slow dance to a ballad you can you can you can you dance. can choose to do that you, well, <laughs> if you yeah. want yeah yeah i mean you can dance to like a like very slow arabic rhythms as well they're True, yeah. they're trans you know yeah that rhythm they have yeah yeah and you can just like woo <laughs> uh, yeah so yeah i learned a lot in brazil and yeah. that's where i met ronan and i uh, was like man i'm thinking of going to berkeley and he's like well there's new park in ireland and uh, that's where i met leo as well leo the piano player leo seal yeah that's where i met leo in, in brazil no yeah in sao paulo and was he uh, studying? What, sorry? Was he studying? He was studying. He was studying. Right. And I was playing a lot with him. Yeah. And uh, sorry, I bent the, I'm going to do this. Okay. Oh, it's go. okay. Yeah. Um, there's where I met Leo, and Leo was coming to Ireland <laughs> as well. And I said to my dad, listen, I think I'm, I'm going to go to Ireland. This whole Berkeley situation is way too much money. Yeah. Way too much money. You know, it's like, it's ridiculous. N not even the two of us putting money will be able to, <laughs> yeah. to afford it, you know. So... And that's how, then I, from Brazil, I went back to Peru to live for a year. For a year, right. And then came, came to Ireland. Cool. Yeah. And when you, yeah, like, so what was the, let's go back a, sure. a step. What was the, like, program like? So that was four years in Brazil. Two years. Two years. Yeah. Sorry. Two years. I so thought you said 20, 21, 22, 23 uh, in Brazil. But yeah, it was just but it said, it said I arrived October when I was 20. Oh, okay. So it was two right, years yeah, yeah. there. Yeah. And, and a bit more. So I can't remember if I left when it was, no, I don't think, no, I'm pretty sure when I was 23. Okay. Stay for one year. Thing yeah. Around that. <laughs> yeah. And because I had already, already done the two years, 
Rona and said like, yeah, you can come to straight to third year in New Park. In New Park. Yeah. Oh, sweet. So I was like, yeah, sure, why not? That's great. You know, and uh, in New Park, I learned loads as well. Loads, yeah. loads. Yeah. So what did you do in the year back in Peru? At Played a lot. Gigging, yeah. Played a lot. Jazz stuff. Like a, a bit of everything. A bit yeah. of a bit of jazz. A bit of rock as well. A lot of um, uh, fusion as well. Okay. I was playing yeah. with a band called Maiwa. Maiwa means uh, purple in Quechua. Quechua is the the language or dialect of the Incas. Oh no way! Cool. Yeah, yeah. So we were doing a lot of fusion with jazz Quechua. and and technologies and you know loops and solos and singing and we were doing, using some peruvian rhythms as well started become i started become very obsessed with peruvian rhythms when i was 20 because you leave your your town and you're you start missing your town you start missing your your country your identity uh, your identity yeah. and they're like yeah i love samba but Peruvian music is pretty cool as well, you know? And, yeah. And then you start digging more around it. Then I started playing with different bands. I played with another band as well in that year before going to Ireland called, uh, I love this this name, Devadip Chunga. Okay. <laughs> and How, we what did does that a, mean? Uh, I don't know. Don't know. Not a clue. Devadip Chunga. Devadip Chunga, yeah. Cool. And we were doing a lot of uh, Afro-Peruvian stuff, a lot of Afro-Peruvian oh, and Peruvian cool. rhythms, and I started digging more into that as well. Yeah. Um, and I was playing with the son of one of the most important uh, musicians of the Afro-Peruvian culture. His name is um, Cesar Bayumbrosio, the name of the son. Right. And his dad, Amador Bayumbrosio, if I'm not mistaken, like a, a very iconic person, you know. And this guy would get up and, and do Afro-Peruvian tap dancing and play, and it was like, it was unbelievable, really. An unbelievable yeah. experience. He was like, no, no, the rhythm's like this, it's like this, and, you know. He was really... Yeah, he showing you the way. Yeah, 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 and uh, that's cool. This is gonna have a, a bit of relevance, I'm sure, later on. Yeah, yeah. topics. So. Yeah. <laughs> so then that brought you to Dublin. Then I came to Dublin, and I was like, "Awesome, Dublin!" And boom, it snowed. <laughs> really? It was October 2010, the first time I've ever and saw snow. <laughs> no wait, really? First time? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, you don't get snow in Brazil, you know. Yeah. <laughs> or Lima. Or Lima, yeah. Fucking hell. Well, if you go to the end, it's like very up. Yeah, then you yeah. Get snow. Yeah, but, you know, I didn't go there. That's mad. So it was cool. Yeah, I remember that snow. Yeah, that was chaos. Oh man, that one. I was I was trying to go to New Park. I was like, ah, <laughs> just falling all the time. People Jesus. falling. Yeah, I was crazy, and it just there was absolutely no way to get on time to class. You know, and yeah. all, all the teachers were very like, yeah, don't worry, man. It's like buses were like, yeah. like very oh, slow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, it was crazy. It was, but it was a lot of fun. You know, it was my first time in Europe as well. For me, everything was new. It was like holy, holy merrily. Yeah, you know, it was cool, it was great. And yeah, that's where the journey began. So that that was New Park straight into third year, straight into third year. Yep, and the level was nice. There was good musicians as well. It was different. I was very happy because I was able to bring to the table, you know, samba in Latin and all these things that I know. Yeah. But here the teachers really know as well a lot of jazz. So that really helped me a lot with okay. what I wanted to do of the mixture of jazz with Afro-Peruvian and, and whatnot, you know. Yeah. So cool. it was great. I learned a lot. Yeah. It's difficult, but it pays off. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. 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 You know, doing a lot of Indian rhythms and. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> Fucking hell. Wow. I remember asking you about that <coughs> a few years ago and you were like, they kicked my ass. Oh, they, That's what they absolutely did. kicked my ass. Yeah. yeah. 
yeah, yeah. it was it was a it was a kind of a it was a, a an interesting insight and in, you just said it so quickly and it was just like ah right so if i'm not going to go to new park i need to start kicking my own ass you know is that kind of way you know like everybody s- should someone's got to someone's got to have their ass kicked if you want to take it seriously you know somewhere yeah yeah um but yeah it was just it was a good it's just like they kicked my ass it was just like four words it was like ah well it, it, it explains a lot you know um but you enjoyed it a lot yeah i like challenges yeah you know i have nothing against challenges yeah um unless it's zelda then if it's too difficult then (laughs) (laughs) fuck you zelda you're too difficult (laughs) anyways um i really enjoyed you know because they they treat you there it doesn't matter if you're a drummer a guitar player what they give you everything everything you know in ear training for example a drummer would suffer a lot if you if you don't play guitar so i i already play guitar and i composing guitar and all so i started playing all the changes learning the standards and getting better at guitar as well ah deadly so i, I was kind of like great kind of multi yeah multitasking yeah. and uh, there were some very difficult um moments but great all the teachers were great uh kevin brady was one of my, my teacher in third uh, third year he was brilliant uh connor gilfo was in fourth year he was brilliant as well I learned a lot, but I also challenged myself. I, I, I would go and do other things as well, yeah. you know, like whatever they would teach me, I would put it into samba and put it into Afro-Peruvian and do this rhythm and into this rhythm and into this and that and just really try to challenge myself as much as possible mm. and get as much information as possible, you know? Yeah, yeah it's uh, the best way to be, you know, if you're going to get the most out of it. Yeah, I mean... Otherwise, you'll just be a, a copy of those guys. If you just take what, you know, or whatever. Not only those guys, you really don't create an identity for yourself. Yeah. You know, and I think yeah, it's yeah. very important. Like a lot of people go like, uh, yeah, uh, they teach this and that. It's like, well, you, you have to go more. Yeah. Search for more. You yeah. know, dig in, dig to what you really want because a teacher can only take you to a certain way, you know. Yeah. Then after that, it's all you. Yeah. You know, nobody can think that teacher is going to give you absolutely 100%. Yeah. It's impossible. Exactly. I saw a little clip with John Riley, you know. Yeah, of course. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, he teaches in New York. I think in NYU. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, maybe. Yeah, I'm not sure, but he's he's an unbelievable jazz drummer and teacher, and he taught Mark Juliana and Dan Weiss and like all these shit hot drummers. Yeah, drummers. Maybe Ari Honig as well. I'm not sure, but there was just a. It, it's on YouTube, but it's just like a two minute interview with him or something and uh it's like talk about your students your previous students like how did you help get them to where they were and he was like i didn't really have to do very much work with them they all knew where they wanted to go that's very when when they came to me i was just able to streamline it and just kind of point them in the right direction exactly that's it exactly you know you think oh i'm gonna go to john riley he'll teach me to be like mark juliana yeah no absolutely not. no you won't absolutely not no no you you have to make your own way yeah you know and it's great that there's a teacher that's like no your technique is the technique is shouldn't be like that the posture is not like this you do this and you do that etc but then you have to do your own way yeah you know if you if you love i don't know japanese melodies i don't know try and do something with japanese melodies if you love whatever you love just do it what you have to do but yeah if something doesn't work out for you don't blame a teacher or don't blame anything like that because the work is really with you yeah all the time 100 percent of the time yeah 
you know, because I can tell you, hey, take a right, but you want to take a left? Well, fucking take a left then. Yeah, <laughs> you know? it's your it's your decision at the end of the day. Yeah. It's very important. And and I think it's very important as well to make mistakes. People are afraid of making mistakes. Yeah. I don't understand that. Yeah. I really don't care about doing a mistake. Yeah. Not at all. Because um, if you hurry, Hancock says that, you know, it, and it's the only way to really, 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 really learn. You know, and the one thing that I'm very happy of is that students of mine in Granada will come to the jam sessions to play with me. They will fuck up the form. They will fuck up loads of things. But they went there and they tried it. And they did it. And the yeah. next week they will come and play the same tune and better and like that. Yeah. That's the only way. Exactly. That's the only yeah. way is to play. Music is is being created because people play with people. Yeah. So if you don't play with people, then how are you going to create music? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know. I know there's a there's definitely especially with Instagram and I'm not great for you know I I I will put up stuff I'm not happy with but it often looks like it's been polished you know uh on instagram and stuff and i know loads of other people who do it too and it can be it can make people feel like music is or should be absolutely perfect at all times and you know like aaron sterling and these other guys like paul mabry and oh i love paul mabry oh man he's so good but he puts up like everything he posts is absolutely crisp and perfect and it's like that's him in a studio in a controlled environment with headphones and a click and mics and you know yeah, yeah. but I'm, I'm sure and, and, f and i think i went through this beating myself up for not playing absolutely perfectly on a gig or somewhere else you know like i would in the studio um is there's it's a waste of time like to just beat yourself up for it you know go play just do just keep going just, per if you made a mistake last night don't make it the next night and that's progress. Yeah. You know. Exactly. And that's that's good, you know. Perfection for me doesn't exist. Yeah. And the only way you can try and achieve perfection uh, in quote marks is if you don't care about making a mistake. That's yeah. for me anyways, huh? For me, I, I do lots of mistakes, but I do cool things as well. But I have to acknowledge my cool things because if you're beating yourself up all the time, then how how do you know what good things you've done? Well, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, it's yeah. Like, come on, man, give you some slack. <laughs> I know. I I had that like, uh, it's it's it is all about how you feel about it, really. Yeah. If if you if your stick slips or whatever, and you're fine with it, then who cares? Exactly. And you catch it and you save it, and the band are happy and the groove isn't gone. You know Jorge Rossi, the drummer? No. He's an unbelievable drummer, and uh, I'm very lucky that he he used to play with Brad Meldo Trio. Oh, cool! He from the first uh, The Art of Trio, yeah, the first albums, and uh, he played in Granada a couple of times. I met him, lovely guy, and uh, he started. Uh, he's now playing vibes, you know. So oh, cool! He, so he's playing vibes, and he starts to tune, and he fucks up, and say, and he turns around and says to everybody, "You know what's the great thing about music?" And I was like, "What?" Is that when you mess up, nobody died. <laughs> and he just goes again. He goes again. Ah, oh, cool. And he's like, yeah, of course. Nothing exactly. happens. Nothing happens. You know, it's whatever. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. what, what are you going to do? I know, yeah. So that was New Park. Two tough years. They were tough years. Yeah. And in many ways. Uh, but I learned a lot. Yeah. And, you know, I've always had a kind of strong mentality and knew exactly what I wanted. And that's very important as well. If you yeah. want music... You go for it. Yeah. If you have a bit of a, you really don't know if you want music or not, think about it. Yeah. There's no problem if you want to do music as a hobby. 
that's completely cool. Yeah. You know? Totally. If you want to yeah, do yeah. music as a hobby, but you want to be an electrician at the same time, that's completely cool as well. You don't beat yourself up about yeah. it. But uh, the good thing is that I knew I really wanted music. So I was, I was literally, I would say I was studying 10 hours a day. Because when you're in school, you study as well. Yeah. You know, so you have already five hours, six hours. Then I will go home, eat something, come back and practice drums. You know, because for me, drums is not only chops. For me, drums is understanding melody. Yeah. Understanding harmony. Yeah. Being able to read a chart as well and, and, and hear the harmony and hear the melody. That part of music as well. Yeah. So I was studying like 10 hours per day. It was mental. It was great. I loved yeah, it. Yeah, I bet. Of course. It's great. Hell. That's what I wanted to do, you know? Yep. Like well, I remember studying sound engineering in Peru as well for a while because there there's no mu there was no music degree but, uh, when when I was there. Right. So a music degree there is it's been in the last 5 or 4 years, you know. Uh well, modern music, classical music is another thing. There's conservatory. But I remember being with my friends and my dad goes like, "So, did you guys pass the exam?" And we were like, "No." And, so, and he's like, "Then what the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> You should do what you like. If yeah. you're not digging it, then don't do it. You yeah. know? And that's when I was like, oh, yeah, doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. You that's know? great advice. Yeah. So you're just wasting time there going like, I don't want to study this. Yeah. I don't like this. It's like, what are you doing? Go so, and do what you really want. Do what you want to do. You know? Do what inspires you. And exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that was. If it's going to make you get up in the morning and work hard, go do that. Yeah. Don't. And there's nothing wrong if you don't practice drums for two days or three days or a week in a row. We're humans. We need to do other things as yeah. well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? I know. If you can, great. Do it. And when you were in New Park doing those 10 hours a day, were you gigging as well? Were you trying to get gigs? Were you doing that whole Not thing? Really. Or was it just like... It was just that. I'm here to study. I'm here to study. And I was cool. very... Ha you know, now looking back and thinking about it, I'm so happy that there was no Instagram and Facebook back yeah. in the day or the pressure of putting what you're practicing, you know? Yeah. I would recommend people that they don't have to put every Don't video know. of every practice of everything of everything yeah, yeah. You know, put time into you and then then you know pose whatever you like yeah but yeah, yeah you know get get the get the goods first yeah exactly so i was just doing that maybe i play one or two gigs uh, here or there but mostly practicing all the time yeah all the time and then then i finished new park uh and then i started gigging yeah, and uh, then people start found out that there was this redheaded Peruvian, <laughs> this other redheaded Peruvian. Yeah, right. Because there's who's the other? Sean Carpio. <coughs> Sean Carpio. He's redhead and he's Peruvian as well. Yeah, <laughs> is he? Yeah, yeah. I he, didn't know he was, he, he, he was, was born in Peru, but then he moved here. No, but he moved to Ireland with like I think two years old or something. Okay, right. But um, yeah, it was great. I had a lesson with Sean as well. I recommend everybody who can get a lesson with Sean. Yeah. He's uh, he's unbelievable. Uh, just get lesson with anybody you can that inspires you. You know, when I was in Newburgh, I got a lesson as well from Rolf Peterson. Oh wow! Yeah, uh, it was pretty cool. He said one thing that was absolutely perfect. I was like, okay, get you. Thank you very much. That's all you had to say. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, and the, the the rest of the time he was just soloing. I was sitting there. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Ready? Yeah, yeah. He yeah. just ta taught me this thing that I think Art Blake he told him. Wow. And uh, it's basically the, the six-stroke roll, you know, and where jazz comes from. So if you do the six-stroke roll, right, and you go. And if you put yeah. your right hand here, you go. Ah. That, 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 spang, spang, lang. Spang, yeah. spang, walk the dog. <laughs> and I was like, ah, thank you. There you go. <laughs> 
And that's the feel, the how it you feel, you know, tick, 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 it's the six row row. There you go. That's all it is. Yeah. And then you do whatever you do whatever want. You want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you See have you to have the feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Locked in, yeah. Locked in. So that's really interesting. It's a six stroke roll starting yeah. Ding on the two. Ding ding king. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's mad. That's where it is. Yeah. Six row roll. Just like that. Just like that. Just like that. Wasn't it I think Robbie Barris in his episode, I don't know if he said it here or if he said it to me later. But I think he got a lesson from Sean as well. Mm-hmm. And Sean, I think, got a lesson from... Is it Jeff Ballard? Jeff Ballard. It's the triplet thing? No, it was just like... I don't know. Maybe it was a triplet. I don't I don't know what else Sean was taught. But what Robbie said... This is fourth-hand information. But basically, Sean went... I need to talk to Sean about this and ask him. But what I heard is he just went to his house and they just drank tea for a while. And he just got to know him. And just at the end of the lesson, he was like, cool, can you just play, you know, 4-4 on the kick and 2-4 and four on the hats? And he was like, yeah, that's not tight enough. You need to work on that. Yeah. That was be. it. Well, sure, sure, and he was just like, cool, bye. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, they just had a chat and they were just talking and it was just like really trying to understand them. And, you know, because that's, I think that's what Dave Elich is doing a lot of now as well. You know? No, sorry. You know him? No, he uh, plays with. He doesn't. He played with the Mars Volta, Mighty Cyrus, M eighty five, Killer Be Killed, like all these kind of pretty heavy, heavy bands and stuff. But I do feel like I'm trying to read between the lines without having to actually pay for a lesson with him, which is like one hundred and fifty dollars an hour. Um, but I'm trying to get uh, trying to figure figure it out, and he's big into telling people to meditate and i think his whole thing is like ask yourself why you're playing because if you don't know why or if you're not happy doing it how are you ever gonna express yourself well or or, or even if it's not expression if you absolutely love playing covers great you go along you're gonna nail you're gonna you're gonna love it and you're gonna nail it and you're gonna do a really good job if you hate it, why are you why are you gonna want to do a good job? Yeah, of course. You know, that but that that applies to everything. 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 Absolutely in life. everything. Yeah, yeah. You know, you can you can be yeah. an engineer, you go like, What the hell am I an engineer? Yeah. Or an architect was like, I hate yeah. you know, being behind this computer all goddamn long. But if you love doing it, then you're gonna do a good job. And that's how people actually excel. Yeah. Because th- when they were born and they saw that, it was like, That's what I wanna do. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't matter what other people say. Yeah, because I remember having as well a big fight with with my family. It's like, how oh, are you gonna be a musician? But I was like, I don't give a fuck what you think. Yeah, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna do it. You know. Yeah, and that's it. And I was so stubborn that they were like, okay, fine, you're gonna be a musician. Yeah. And now they were like, ah, oh, he's a musician. He's a musician. <laughs> yeah, they're all some of them, not all of them. <laughs> some of them. Oh yeah, some of them. But um, what what you're saying there is completely true. I used to do yoga with metronome. <laughs> really yeah my wow. Daniela Daniela taught me that actually yeah yeah because you have a beat and you breathe in and you ah, breathe out very good every yeah. bar very good and yeah. that that man helped me so much with time yeah so every time in yoga every time you go up so any type of movement that is making your body go up yeah you breathe in yeah and every type of movement that makes you go down you breathe down yeah so you have 
You know, you breathe in yeah. there, and then the other four, you breathe out. Yeah. And that helped me so much with time. So much. That's amazing. Oh, it's unbelievable, man. Get your body, yeah. your whole body moving. The whole body, and your body's really breathing, and it's so important. As Now people as well tell me, like, man, I can see you're like, your posture is like you're really sitting up. And it's like, really? Well, didn't even notice. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even, I haven't never, I've never practiced the whole, like, I'm going to be like this, like stiff, you know. But yeah. yoga really helped me as, as well in meditation. Yeah. It definitely helped me a lot. Yeah. Do a you lot. still do it? I haven't done it in a while. Yeah. Even though my girlfriend, Daniela, she's a yoga teacher. Really? <laughs> yeah. No way. But I should definitely get back to it. I've said it millions of times because it helped me so much. Yeah. The whole, you know. just center yourself and stuff yeah yeah center but as well your breathing is with the metronome yeah you know and a lot of people forget that we have to breathe because it's something that we do since we're born yeah you know and if your breathing is accelerating and decreasing etc yeah then your playing is going to do the it, same if it stops if it stops know, <laughs> that whole well, like that whole benny greb thing of like holding your breath while you're trying to do a drum fill oh you know, I haven't seen that. No, no. Well, he, I, I think it's in one of his DVDs or something like that. And uh, he's just like so many people will just be like super calm, you know, and they're just like, just like breathing. And then, and it's like tense, hold their breath. And then they release and they've rushed or they've dragged or they've, you know, done whatever. And his whole thing is just like, whether you're doing a fill or whether you're doing something else, it's all the same, you know. And the only way you'll get very good at that is probably what you're talking about with a metronome. and Maybe. Maybe, or maybe there's other things. Worked for me anyways, yeah. you know. I mean, hanging out with a metronome, doing yoga, or hanging out with a metronome behind the kit, it's all good, I think, you know. But but you my point is more the breathing. Yeah. More than yeah, anything yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. You know, because, again, if you're... I, I remember being, you know, like late to rehearsal to be like, <laughs> you know, and then it just I can't be calm and, and, and I have to, I play everything very fast, you know, yeah. and you don't really, you know, then you have to be as well very, uh, what's, what's the word searching for? Uh, you have to be careful with time. Uh, when I say time, I'm not talking about playing drums, but you have to be careful like, like, I, I do this a lot. When I'm going to go to a rehearsal or something, I try to be there 15 minutes before just to sit down, relax, and play because I f absolutely hate doing things with time pressure. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah. If I don't have a, a, at least three hours or four hours maybe be between a rehearsal and another one, I wouldn't even book a rehearsal, to be honest, because I don't think I'm going to do a, a good job. And uh, the reason I do that is because, for example, I have a band over there called Fatoke. And we play African music, and it's like so powerful, you know. And everything's very fast and like ah, energetic. Yeah. Imagine going from that rehearsal to I don't know a ballad a rehearsal. Ballad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're gonna be like, yeah. you know. <laughs> so I think we all have to be careful as well with our own time, personal time. Yeah. You know, I think yeah. it's very important. And, yeah. And uh, even though each day the musician has to be much more eclectic, per per se you still have to choose your time to do things. Mm -hmm. And something I've been learning with time. It takes a long time. With time. With time, <laughs> yeah. It takes a long time to learn that. I'm still getting there, you know. I, you know what actually really helped? I'd recommend everybody get a puppy. Because <laughs> it, means, it means when I'm on, I'm on and in and really focused because I got to go take care of him or, you know, he's asleep. Okay, grand. I get about 45 minutes. I have to get this work done. 
before he's going to start chewing something. You know, it's really just, I'm not saying everybody get a puppy, but just that kind of thing of just really having to structure it. And like, yeah, I made the mistake of trying to pack too much stuff in, I think last year. And this year I'm much more comfortable with having two things on in a day as opposed to four or exactly. whatever, you know, and not fussing. Yeah, yeah. Or not like trying to trying to squeeze two hours practice in to two two hours 15 yeah, of free yeah. time that you've got you know that it, kind of shit it's 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 it'll set you back yeah man. more than it'll get you because if you do if you absolutely nail something and it's the only thing you're doing that day you'll feel so much better anyway you know a hundred percent yeah a hundred percent man yeah i have so many friends when i was here in dublin that they will book fucking like five rehearsals in a day and it's like what are you doing yeah you know, and then I see the person, and he's like, like this. Yeah. You know, and I was like, tense. man, yeah. you're so fucking tense. What are es you doing? Especially for drummers, that's, you know, bassists don't have very many notes if they've got the right gig. <laughs> <laughs> and they've yeah. only got one instrument, so they can kind of... Yeah, but, I yeah. mean, it's not no, really it's a about the... No, it's a mental thing. It's a mental thing, yeah. I guess some people can take it better than others. Maybe. I don't know. I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah. Because we're all humans, and we all need space and time you know yeah. we all, all need our space i think uh, maybe if you haven't discovered when you discover you'll be like oh yeah i need time to relax yep you know we're not machines yeah so it's okay to say like hey you know what during the days and for my rehearsal time it's gonna be from 10 to 2 and from this time to this time if anybody wants to book in between they can go fuck off yeah <laughs> i've started taking and i'm not telling people I'm not putting this out there, but I've started taking a day a week where I just say no to everything. That's completely unless, cool. Unless it's a gig in, in the evening or whatever, you know, like a, yeah, if, yeah. It, if it's if it's good money, that kind of thing. But rehearsals, meetings, podcasts, it's just like, nah. Yeah. I'm just taking it one day. I, it's like my weekend, but it's a one day weekend. But it's unreal. And I don't tell anyone because <laughs> I'm not telling them what day it is because then they'll start asking me to do stuff on that day. <laughs> But, it's uh, a day you invented. It it's a day I invented. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't exist. <laughs> no, because I say I'm not free on other days, and I'm genuinely not free. You know, but I don't want people to be like, "He's always free on a Friday." No, it's it's not Friday. Well, I mean, geeky. there's nothing wrong with saying like, "Listen, this day, for example, I don't know, Tuesday, I'm not gonna do anything." So just so you know, yeah, but no. Yeah. So he knows he can't call you on a Tuesday. Yeah. And people have to respect that as well. Yeah, they do. They have to respect yeah. that. Yeah. So, I mean, whichever I way you, you want to do it is good. Yeah, I kind of learned that fr from being in a handful of bands last year, the year before, just kind of joining new projects and just seeing other people who were just like, I can rehearse from this time to that time and that's all I'm going to do. And then I would be like, oh, shit, okay that's the only time that he can rehearse we should all try to rehearse when that guy wants to rehearse because it's better to be prepared yes of course and then after a while i was like you know if he can only rehearse then i'm gonna only rehearse when i want you know you know like that kind of thing of course and you, have you to kind of have to you kind of have to fight back in a little way you know it's it's not really fight back it's respect it's, it's it is respect yeah for for each other's uh, you know yeah. personality each other's vibe way yeah. of being you know yeah uh, because kind i of, think it's, it's very important yeah it's kind of respecting yourself a little bit yeah more and as well something with rehearsals and i've had this a lot you know i practice my shit i go home and study everything 
you know? Like, people should do that as well. Rehearsals is not about all getting together and learning the fucking tune. No, rehearsals is about you're in, you polish a couple things, you're out. You're out. You know, and if 100%. there's no time... 100%. If there's no time for yeah. rehearsal, then everybody get your shit together. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I think it's very important as well, you know, and a lot of people, I think, miss that. Again, there's other people that could be like, no, no, for me, rehearsal, sitting down, listening to the music and all learning. Okay, well, if that's... Yeah, if, if that's hey, do you your want to play way, it this way? What kind of sound should I use for this? That's... You that's completely what? cool. That's cool. Depends on the project. Depends on the project. Yeah, but yeah. what I was trying to say is like, all sit down and listen to the song. And I'm like, yeah, again, it's so relative. Everything's so relative, you know, but we have to be careful with other people's time as well. Yeah, totally. You know, and yeah, uh, yeah. make sure that other people are cool that that is happening. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. But then again. I know, yeah. It's so also it happens so all the time, man. <laughs> all the time. Ins and outs and some people just want to chill and yeah take an hour and go get lunch and come back and, and there's nothing wrong of there's nothing just, wrong with that just going and being a couch potato for a day yeah you know yeah, what yeah. i mean like what's what's actually because uh, you know one thing i've always said is that the you have to s leave space for your brain to grow with information because it's a muscle it's yeah. like if you go to the gym and you're pumping every day all the time yeah your muscles are, you're going to collapse. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the same thing with the brain. Our brain is a muscle. It needs to take information. And it needs to process it. It needs to store it. Store it. Yeah. And I, I for example, the, the last book I've been practicing is the, the African book by Mokhtar Samba. It's unbelievable rhythms. I, I got it because you told me to. Oh, yeah. It. Yeah, I have yeah. it. I think, hang on. Uh, I can't see it. I may, I may have given that to Amy Mallon, who was like guest number five, four or five. Right. On oh, so you gave books out. Oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, I think... Oh, hang on. That looks like the one. Ah, there it is. There it is. I, I gave you the other one. You gave, me, you gave me two recommendations. Yeah, I recommend this to everybody because there's this, for example, I think it's this Man Mangambe rhythm. A Moroccan... Sorry, from Cameroon. It's unbelievable. It literally sounds like three and four at the same time. Oh, cool. And uh, there's a lot of things I practice, and I go, and I go, okay, it's not happening now. I'm just going to leave it. And I come the next day, boop, it happens. It happens. You yeah. Know? So you have to be patient with all of that. Yeah. I recommend everybody. It's, it's like this, this whole, book. Yeah. It's like um, a to, uh, Tom York, his latest album, Anima, mm -hmm. was inspired by the book he read called Why We Sleep. Yeah. I haven't read it, but I've heard that it's like, you know, we all need to get eight hours sleep all the time, you know. Uh, well, I sleep only six hours. <laughs> Do you? I, I Well, I personally have a lot of energy. Okay. And I, yeah, try yeah. To, I try to put my energy into the drums, but we all different, you know? Yeah. But yeah, like, yeah. for example, Daniela can sleep 10 hours, but because she needs it as well. Yeah. But my body only needs five to six hours. And you're good to go. And yeah. boom, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> I like that whole thing is that and I, I think it's something that started to go around more like blind boy was talking about it and i think there's an episode of joe rogan i don't watch that podcast but uh or listen to it but i think there is an episode that people were talking about about the value of sleeping and just you know like world records have been broken by sprinters 20 minutes after they woke up you know stuff like that like sleep is is like better than steroids 
for your body you know because oh, it's course. it's so good for you it's you know you're just shutting everything down and it's just repairing all your muscles and your brain and all this kind of stuff yeah um but it's the same principle it's like give yourself time to sleep like if you're going to be gigging until 2 a.m maybe don't book a rehearsal for 9 a.m the next morning Fuck that. Yeah, <laughs> you know <laughs> no way yeah no way like how good's that rehearsal gonna be really that's gonna be terrible yeah and, and not only that but your your colleagues are gonna come into rehearsal and they're like he's not really in top notch there is he he's like falling asleep he's half asleep yeah it's like and and there's no problem again saying the truth guys i have a gig till two in the morning i'm not gonna rehearse till 12 you want 12 o'clock yeah 12 sounds good perfect cool let's go for Done. it yeah Easy. that's it you know um I think it's very important. Mm. I think as well, I might be completely wrong, but there's a bit of a reputation here for people that go to Newark. Yeah. You know, they think that they're just jazzers. And uh, sometimes I had to, you know, there was a lot of times I remember playing a gig, playing soul, playing rock, whatever. And it's like, oh, where did you study? What did you do? It's like, oh, I'm Newark. It's like, Newark? Really? Really? I yeah. Was like, yeah, what's wrong? And they they were like, oh, I thought your guys were jazz hits. So like, yeah, I like jazz, but what? <laughs> yeah, I like rock as well. You know, I like all. What they're saying is, I thought you guys were snobs. Maybe I don't know. Why uh, would you? Why would you play this layman's music with me? No, I I think it was more. Uh, maybe jazzers can't really play this type of music. I don't know. It was it was. Really? A, yeah. You know, I remember yeah. not being able. Either to way, get, yeah. either way, there's some kind of divide yeah. happening so uh, stupid yeah. yeah for everybody the things that it's stupid yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely stupid you know like like so many amazing jazz musicians have created the you know motown and have created like for example the guitar player from the doors he's a he was a flamenco guitar player just somebody gave him an, an electric guitar wow the drummer was a jazz drummer john bonham was a jazz drummer nico mcbrain from iron man was a jazz drummer so don't be thinking that you know jazz is a it's a, a genre of music. Yeah. But anybody, I mean, it's, there's nothing wrong of studying jazz, you know? Yeah. There's nothing wrong with studying rock. But, you know, get together. Like, I, I, I when I, f I left Ireland, I, I felt there was that type of division, you know, like Newburgh and, and BIM. And, yeah, and, yeah. And it's like, I don't, I don't understand why, to be completely honest. Yeah. Uh, that's what I felt. I might be completely wrong. If I'm wrong, I, I apologize, but uh, yeah. that's what I felt, you know? And yeah. I'm, I I don't know uh, uh, I don't know if anyone's welcome uh, or anyone is welcome to comment or uh, if anyone should make that kind of comment one way or another you know because nobody really knows uh, unless there is somebody working in both departments in the colleges or you know you never really know how everybody's feeling oh no out of BIM and you know there's no point there's no point trying to sum it up but yeah i got a, a a couple of times uh, you know i got like oh no he's a jazzer and i'm like okay <laughs> about yourself like yeah would say that. yeah yeah about me yeah so that's that's why i commenting that yeah yeah because i will hear that you, you, get, it hear way, that. you get it one way or the other you yeah know, yeah like, oh you can play all this music and then on the flip side someone's like oh well. yeah but he's a jazzer you know yeah i got a couple of that you know it's like for giving a lesson or whatever and yeah but he's a jazzer <laughs> so that's what i felt uh, hopefully that has changed in the past two years, and I mean, I'm all, I'm all up for people to be united. 
You yeah. know, that's what the music needs. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. That's what music needs is just unity, absolute unity, you know? Yeah. Uh, so hopefully my message doesn't break down. Yeah, what absolutely. I'm, what I'm trying to say is that yeah, yeah. doesn't matter if you play jazz, get together with rock people. If you play rock, get together with jazz people. You're all going to learn from each other, you know? Yeah. There should 100%. Be. Yeah. And especially with the drums, like there's there's so many different beats you can play. I was talking about this with Josh on the last one. There's so many things you can play that you change the context around it. Like you change how the guitar, change if it's a guitar or a piano. Yeah. You change from a synth to a, you know, a delayed electric or whatever yeah. it is you can play the exact same drum beat and changes the entire genre yeah you know so exactly uh, if, if i don't know maybe the voice but even then the voice like i feel like the drums are are one of the more adaptable in a band setting more kind of universal yeah yeah it really depends on the driver obviously depends on the driver yeah. but but certainly like for example i it, mean i mean it's all just hitting things you know <laughs> you're just sitting there hitting it pretty, hopefully pretty, in time pretty much you know that's it <laughs> hopefully it's, yeah yeah you know or if you play out of time that's another genre of music as well i mean <laughs> yeah it's also kind of open you know yeah and uh, i think I think jazz musicians should give a a bit of a chance to maybe blues guitar players and vice versa. Right. And that's what I'm yeah, trying yeah, to say yeah. as well. Yeah. Don't go don't go saying like, oh, he's a jazz drummer. Oh, he's a jazz guitar player. Give opportunities. Everybody should be given opportunities. You yeah. Know? That's that's my point. One hundred percent. In this yeah, whole world. Yeah. yeah. The, and yeah. So what kind of projects were you doing after New Park? Here, After Newburgh, um, when I was in Newburgh, actually, because my, my kind of life gigging started in Newburgh, I created Pichka. Oh yeah. Uh, when I was so I was when I was in fourth year. Um, well, going back to one of the questions that if you were studying or gigging, third year was all about studying. Okay. When I was in fourth year, I play. I was playing Cork Jazz Festival, Bray Jazz Festival, because I came up with this Pichka, you know, which is Peruvian jazz. And came up with, uh, I recorded the whole CD, composed the whole CD, arranged the whole CD. And um, a lot of festivals here were like Peruvian jazz. What the hell? Can you Peruve it? Man, that's, a <laughs> that's a Ronan O'Reilly joke. I love it. We Thank gotta, you, Ronan. We're going to have to wrap it up there. <laughs> Ronan O'Reilly. Oh, sorry. I thought you said Ronan Guilfoyle. No, Ronan, Ronan O'Reilly. Yeah, he gets a pass. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> love you, Captain. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> that was the funniest thing ever. So, That's good. I was like, God, are you Peruvian? Like, I am. Can you prove it? Nicely done, sir. Yeah. Nicely done. <laughs> Very good. Uh, I'd, love to, I'd love to get Ro on, on this. Please do. Yeah. He, he's, he's a machine. He's got a lot. Well, that was it. Make sure he's, you have a whole morning or day. <laughs> yeah. He's like a Buddha. He just sits in there and just people just come to him. Just sits in the basement. Come to him with their problems and then leave and... He's just a drum like, Buddha. Yep. Yeah. Just sits down in in the drum gin and music maker. <laughs> if anyone hasn't been in there yet, and they're listening go. to this, go into music maker and talk to Ro. Oh, he's, he's like one of the nicest people he, not, I've ever met. You know. Not only that, he he really knows what wood goes with what. Like I I remember being so many times in there and spending three or four hours with Ronan. He will just chatting. Yeah. Just chatting, we chatted about skins, we chatted about drums, we, and just which skin goes with what to get what type of sound. And he taught me so much, Robbie Barrett as well, you know, oh, Andrea man. Antunes, all yeah. of these guys. 
Andre like, is another one we have to get on. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, I mean, coming back to what we were saying in fourth year yeah. when I created Pishka, uh, people really liked it. We did a CD. We did Cork Jazz Festival, Bray Jazz Festival. We were doing all the jazz festivals while I was trying to <laughs> fucking pass fourth year in Newburgh. You know, it was great. I was having. I had a huge high. I was like, yes, it's Unreal. happening. Yeah, yeah. You I know. Bet. Fucking hell. So then Pishka kind of dissolved by itself. And I mean, at the time I was playing with loads of people, but the, the most, imp you know, projects that were not more important, but they were more, you know, what's the word? Uh, synced or I don't know. How to okay, say yeah. It, uh, were Pishka and for like I, all my projects here in, in Ireland has been with Leo, Leopoldo Sio, piano player. All okay. Of then we created with Cormac O'Brien and Leo Coleco because we saw there was no Latin jazz happening. So I started endeavoring a bit more into the Latin jazz, loads of Brazilian stuff and Cuban, etc. Right. Playing a lot, uh, a lot in, in international as well, because the good thing about international is that it becomes a little blank paper where you can create stuff and try them there, you know? Yeah. Coleco, well, Coleco was Coscote, Cormac and Leon, Coleco. Ah, okay, cool. Um, Coleco Trio was, uh, well, we played for a year, year and a half, and then it kind of dissolved. Yeah. And then we created CEO Experiment as well with Leo. Which is CEO is Cote, no, Calmet. Erde and Osio. Yeah, there you CEO go. Experiment. Yeah. Uh, so we recorded, and that's definitely the project which I've done pretty, pretty cool stuff, you know? Yeah, you've done the most. You played with fucking um, Kurt, Kurt Rosenwinkel. Yeah, yeah. Fucking hell. We brought him over, we played the gig, and it was absolutely packed. And Yeah. Uh, best gig of my life. Really? Uh, well, I mean, yeah. Yeah? <laughs> it was definitely, oh, shit. Uh, it was definitely top top three anyways. It was unbelievable. It was a life-changing, you know? Uh, yeah. That was with Michael Buckley as well, right? Michael Buckley, Kurt Rosenwinkel, Leo Seagull, yeah. Peter Erdley, and myself. I remember going to, oh, I can't remember who the guys were. But it was some like rhythm section masterclass thing in the National Concert Hall organized by the Guilfoyles. Mm -hmm. And it was a couple of guys, some old jazz heads. It was the night after the CEO gig, mm -hmm. that gig mm -hmm. with, with uh, Kurt. Oh, with Dave Liebman? Yes. Uh -huh. That was it. Yeah, yeah. And it was like five quid in or something. It was, it was stupid how cheap it was. It was, yeah, yeah. It was so good. I, I couldn't go to the CEO gig, but That's I weird. went to that thing afterwards and I sat down beside... Tyg Leahy and Graham Heaney and the two of them were just kind of lightly chatting about the gig and they said it was really they said it was like a special night it was a very special night they said like really like Michael and Kurt when they started soloing I think it was Tyg was talking about it because Graham wasn't there either but Tyg was just like those two going at it you know really just soloing against each other was something special you know that night was very, very special, I have to say. Yeah. Uh, a lot of, it was a whole year's process of working, getting the charts together. Wow. Uh, like Leo, Peter and I would get together and rehearse as a rhythm section because we wanted to sound as tight as possible. Yeah. Like that, like when Kurt came in to rehearse with us, because we had, we had the one rehearsal, we wanted him to feel like, yep, these guys can play. It's ready to go. Yeah. It's ready to go. Yeah. I don't have to worry about anything. And that's actually literally what he said. Like, thanks, man. This is really easy. Cool. <laughs> So yeah. that was great, you know. Yeah, and uh, that was a very, very special night, I have to say, for for music, and for for me, and for all of us. Yeah, you know, it's great. Sugar Club. It was the Sugar Club. Yeah. Packed, sold out. 
I did see you play in the Sugar Club with CEO opening for Mark Giuliano. Oh, yeah. That's another one. That was pretty cool. <laughs> no. Sorry. That was the second time I opened for Mark Giuliano. The first, first time in was in Whelan's. Yeah. But the second time I opened with John Moriarty and Scott Flanagan. Correct. Yes. It wasn't CEO. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. That's Scott who plays... Organ. Double. Yeah, yeah. Plays ba- left-hand bass on the organ. Yeah. Fucking hell. Mother that guy. Oh, he's great. Yeah. Absolutely great. So impressive. That's you. Yeah, it is very impressive. Yeah. And who like, else does a bit of that? Dara Hennessy. Dara Hennessy is doing a lot, yeah. And I think Luke Dunford's getting into that a bit now. Yeah, it's he's great. to dive in. So good. Dara Hennessy and Dill Lynch, if, if they're ever on a gig together, I would recommend any musician go see those two playing because they are just like... Wow. Yeah, really, really locked in. Oh, wow. Yeah. Dara, Dara's left hand and Dill playing drums. It's like... Their feel is just, they've just started to really do it. I saw them play with Charlie Mooney Mm -hmm. uh, in the International, and it was just so, so good. It felt like there was a bass player in the room. Yeah. Now, when an organ player, Tara's great as well. I play with him gigs and all, but when an organ player understands how to do it. Yeah. You know. Really impressive. Very, very, very impressive. But that gig in the Sugar Club, man, that was so cool. Yeah. You, You took a drum solo, all of that. Oh, yeah. That I one. St- it I was st- cool. I still have it recorded, yeah. Yeah. I remember stood up and said, like, well, that went better than I thought. <laughs> yeah, I remember you saying that. It was great. It was yeah. really cool. Cause I, and I remember saying it to you on the night as well. It was like, I knew you were leaving. That was my last gig in Dublin. It was your last gig. Yeah. Opening for Mark Juliana. Take a big solo like that. You know, there yeah. were a lot of musicians in the crowd. It was kind of like, it was a nice goodbye. Yeah, of. it was great. Yeah. It was great. But the, the last week... I was here in, in Dublin, the, like my last week. It was very special. Yeah. Very, very special because uh, not only that happened, I got to open for Mark Juliana. Obviously, he was hanging with Mark and all. But Brad Meldo played here as well. Did in, he? In the National Concert, the concert Hall. Hall. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so we finished the concert, all good. And I went for a pint and Jeff Ballard came in. <laughs> and I ended up having pints with Jeff till five in the morning. No way. <laughs> yeah, and, and with Daniela. And uh, we ended up going to Wheelands as well. It was crazy, no way, man. Uh, but I, I had met Jeff, uh, Jeff before. Yeah, yeah, when uh, a couple of times I can't remember where, uh, but it was great, man. We we had an amazing time. Uh, I was telling him that uh, I was gonna leave to Spain in a couple of days, and uh, he's like, "Man, I fucking love Spain. I lived in Spain and well in Barcelona, you know." And uh, he said, "Like, what you're doing is the right thing to do." Really? I was like, "Really?" He's like, "Man," he said, "Like, I've lived everywhere." He said as well, and the best thing for a musician to do is. Go to different places, learn different rhythms, do what you have to do. You know, wow. and and Spain is the fourth country I'm living in. You know, Peru, Brazil, Ireland, Ireland Spain. Spain now, yeah. You know, and uh, it was great. When I say goodbye to him, he said to myself and Daniela, "Whatever you do in your life, doesn't matter what it is, do it with love." And I say goodbye, and I left. That was it. That was it. Yeah, it was beautiful. It's pretty good, man. Yeah. That was it was great. Great hang with Jeff. He's a great yeah. guy. I really recommend one just funniest. Tell me stories uh, with Ray Charles he, when he was playing with Ray Charles. Wow. When he played with Paco and Lucia. And uh yeah, amazing stories of him playing with, with Ray, you know. <laughs> Can't remember all of them. But he told me the story that um Ray Charles would have a little lick for each person in the band. So right. you, each person had to respond to that lick. And if you didn't respond to that lick, it's because you were not listening. Okay. And you were not in the groove with him. Yeah. That's not cool. <laughs> That's interesting. And he's like, man, that guy was a fuck. 
it's a tough motherfucker, you know? But each gig we did, same repertoire, it was the best gig ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what he said to me. That's so cool. And then he said another thing as well with Paco Lucia. You know Paco Lucia? No. Paco Lucia, the most famous flamenco uh, guitarist. Uh, for anybody that knows Paco Lucia, uh, he, he's basically the one who made the flamenco guitar very, very famous all over okay. the world. Right. And um, he said he was, it was kind of like Chico Ria trio, and then Paco got up to play and said he was doing loads of stuff. He gave me two stories, very, very cool stories about like keeping it simple, you know? Yeah. He said she was doing loads of stuff. He's like, ah, oh, yeah, man, I'm playing flamenco. And he heard the background, chick, 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 chick. And he's like, what the fuck is that? Turns around, Paco Lucia goes like this. You can't see my fingers, but it's just like just, giving time, yeah. you know? And when he started doing time, then Paco not was like, okay, now I can play. <laughs> it was great. Wow. And, and then he said in another gig, he, he was playing loads of stuff, and he saw this guy leaving the room, and he opened the, the door, and before he said goodbye, he just he moved the, like the right, the, the, his right hand up in the air, like if you're grabbing a stick, yeah. and just did like this to him. Like, keep time, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and he left. Oh, shit. And then he said that for Je the... Jeff was in the crowd? No, Jeff was playing. Jeff was playing. Yeah, oh, yeah, so yeah. someone said that. Someone yeah. was telling him, <laughs> yeah. just fucking keep time. Yeah, something like, like that. Wow. Even though he's the master of keeping time, so I don't know what he was talking about. But anyways, I, I guess he was one of those stories he would tell people, and it yeah. really inspired me as well, you know? Wow. Because Jeff Ballard is by far one of my top, if not my top, top. favorite drummer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I absolutely love Jeff. Absolutely. Yeah. So I loved it. I, I loved it. He was telling me all these stories. I was like, yeah, you keep on bringing them in. Yeah, that's so cool. <laughs> you know, it's like some, I guess the stories, you can take them in many different ways, but the most important is like, never forget to make a groove, you know, never yeah. forget to make a dance. And we were chatting about flamenco because he knows flamenco as well. Cool. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was, it was great. That was my last day in Dublin. That's cool. Till five in the morning with Jeff Ballard. <laughs> um, am I right in saying you don't do covers? I do covers. Covers? Yeah. yeah. So sometimes I do covers. I love I, covers. I but I do it in, in, in my way. In your way? In my way. Okay. So I would listen to the track. Yeah. Right? I would grab what I think is very important. Some, sorry, some drum feels here and there, which I think they're very, very nice. I would even transcribe them. Right. Write them down if it was necessary and uh, then really learn the tune. Once I've learned the tune a lot, and yeah. I know when it goes where, what, where the stops, etc., then I started to do it kind of my way. Okay. Uh, but for example, in, in Granada, um, you know Tommy Moore moved to Granada? Yeah. To a friend of mine, Tommy Moore, yeah. which we have Haiku. And singer. And singer. So we have, um, what's it called? Uh, a band called They're Big in Japan. <laughs> Big. <laughs> cool. And we play covers. Uh, but we we play as a trio and we have the absolute crack. We put guitar solos here, guitar solos there. I sing as well because I do backing vocals. Cool. I love to sing. I think it's a very important part of music. So I do covers, yeah. <laughs> and I oh, have, that's steady. I'm completely cool with it. Yeah, no problem. That's very cool. Yeah. No, I I the reason I say that is because I I I knew you only as somebody who kind of did original projects a lot it's basically that really yeah like 99% of my time is that when you were here and one of the reasons I started the podcast and this is a question I I've asked that uh, it's kind of like the podcast question is like can can you realistically 
in a country of four million people make a living playing just originals uh, i think you and kind of teaching and you know doing doing that kind of stuff but you, but you just being a creative entity you know what i mean yeah it it takes a while but yeah for for a while i was just doing just original stuff yeah literally you know and i was getting gigs but the most important thing is that if you're going to do that you have to understand how to market yourself as a musician right and how to uh do publicity as well for the gigs and that brings me back when i was starting with pishka because uh i didn't have money to pay anybody for a poster or for a video for anything so i started doing that all, all by myself wow. you know so people would know that if they booked me i was going to be able to do a poster they didn't have to pay for somebody okay, to do a yeah, poster yeah, yeah. Yep. you know so that led me to have uh more gigs for my original projects yeah you know uh so i was teaching a lot and i was playing with all my original projects you know and they just grew and grew and grew and grew and grew yeah and i think it's very important that uh, a musician nowadays understands how to at least try to do publicity you know yeah playing here playing there it's very important you know don't be yeah. shy to market yourself don't be but make sure that you've practiced enough to get to the point that you can market yourself make sure that you understand how to market your own product yeah you know because like this really comes because when i was in peru i was working with a uh, luthier so my job was to kind of try to sell his products you know and i learned a lot from that and it doesn't matter if it's a guitar or or if it's a tambourine or a drum set or yourself understand how to do that you know and be always professional like make sure that a, a jazz festival is going to be or anybody that contracts your band that makes going to pay your band make make them feel as comfortable as possible it's like do you have a dose here yes do you have a photos i do do you have videos i do do you have this yes i have yes yes okay thanks for making my life easy yeah it's as simple as that you know and um make sure as well that you have your your web page because that's how i got the vader and sabian and aquarian and now ludwig endorsement as well cool make sure you have all of that great pictures like that picture i showed you i just did a photo shoot with all of that yeah so if you want to go into the world of original music uh, make sure you have everything ready you know i know it sounds tough i know it sounds like a lot of work but for me at the start it was a lot of work but it was fun because it was for me you yeah. know I'm, i'm marketing myself I, i i want to to be able to raise my voice in a way playing drums and it's like that's this is how who i am you know and the For me, it's very important. So this is the way that you get gigs. And people, like, for example, IMC started working a lot with me because uh, I was making life very easy for them. Yeah. And and other jazz festivals as well. Everything they needed, I had it there. Just like that. Just like yeah. that. You know, there's a big difference between being very talented and then having nothing together. Yeah. And then being kind of talented and then you have all your shit together yeah or being very talented and have all your shit together you know yeah and if you can't do that because you don't want to then get somebody to do it for you or something yeah you yeah, know? yeah. But, but make sure you make have sure it, make sure it's done make sure it's yeah, there exactly, yeah exactly exactly yep. you know totally it's it's very very important so for anybody pursuing that type of career solo career make sure you you get very nice photos And when I say nice photos, don't be just, you know, your elbow in the floor, Tommy, like, I, 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 play, <laughs> I play drums, you know? Yeah, yeah, You're an artist, so try yeah. and get artistic photos, you know? Yeah. If you don't know what to do, look at other artists. Look what they're doing. Read their biography. Look at their webpage. Learn from that as well. Yeah. 
I think it's very, very important. You know, so I, I did all of that. I did that study. That's another type of study as well. Yeah. I studied a lot of marketing by myself. You know, what the top musicians do? What do they put on Facebook? Do they actually put on Facebook? You know, how do they put on Facebook? And, and all yeah, of these yeah. little things are very, very important. Yeah. You know, obviously it's different if you're John Scofield and like, hey guys, I'm in Prague. A million likes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you're a guy yeah. that is just starting out. Yeah. You know, be, be very cur careful with that. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, because I had all of this, you know, put together, I was able to get the endorsements. And a lot of yeah. people call me and go like, how did you get the endorsements? And this is literally what I say to them. Make sure you have a cool photo that you can see. The, like, for example, if you're going for Sabian, that you can see Sabian there, the logo. And it's a killing picture. Yeah. You know, for example, look, uh, it's a radio, so you can't see, but I'll, I'll show Fiacre anyways. Um, because I have to send this to, to the brands. Um, let's see, where is it? You'll see them on the internet as well. I'll, I'll post them up at some point. Where are you, photos? I have them on. Well, I did these photos with, with a friend of mine. It's gonna, how, how can you describe this type of photo? Milan hands in a photo? <laughs> yeah, I guess it's it's like those slow exposure pictures, but it's... So you see... Ah, oh, that looks savage. What's the best way to describe this? It's, uh, yeah, that looks very cool. Because you're right, it's got the Sabian logo in it. It's Kote standing over a symbol. Next to the symbol, really. And playing it. Yeah. And then the movements on the hands are static. And it looks like it's been drawn because of the flash and all of that, you know? Yeah, it's it's brilliant. It's It's got, like, uh, they're all kind of faded on top of each other. And it's like six or seven different sticks per hand, or six or seven different hands per side of his body, um, and it it really does make it look like there's movement. Yeah, in a still photo, which exactly, is, which is really cool. And this was actually a take. There's no no editing or anything. Wow, this was literally. And uh, I'm gonna for anybody that will be interested to see these type of photos, I'll be posting them as well. Cool. And that for me is very important that an artist has very good photos. Yep. You know what I mean? Because like now I'm very happy that I'm in the catalog as well uh, for Vader and um, and Sabian, but the Spanish catalog with oh, Supervox. Cool. Supervox is what like uh, music makers here or something like that. Ah, cool. Daily. But I see my photo, and even though I like my photo, I see other photos, and they they it looks like they're not really prepared or they don't think about the thing. So I I mean, each each to each its own, you know. Yeah. But I would like somebody to open that and go like, that's one killing photo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like you want it to stand out. Yeah, yeah. And and there's nothing wrong of trying to stand out. Yeah. One way or the other. Obviously, with humbleness and the best way possible. And you know. Yeah. yeah. But um, that's basically my my advice to anybody that would like to pursue, you know, original music. Original music. Yeah. yeah. And that's uh, that's how I got a record deal as well. No way. With Pishka, yeah, for my new oh, CD. Daddy. Got a record deal. They heard the music. They were like, "What? What? You're mixing all this Peruvian stuff with jazz." So uh, the record will come out this year, I guess. So we're cool. working. Yeah, and uh, they see that there's original stuff there. They see that there's a passion. They they see that you have everything done. They're like, "You have photos? Yep. You have CD? Yep. Do you have uh, those here? Yep. Yeah. Done. Done. Yeah. So okay. Well, the, well, we'll start working on your CD then. Thank you very much. Cool." <laughs> You know, make yeah. sure that you always make life easy for the other person. For the other person, yeah, yeah. I guess that's that should be a principle that carries into uh, 
how you play drums as well you know i guess so Make it yeah, easy yeah. for the guys around you yeah yeah um you did a master's i did a master's degree in dit yeah 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 what was it what was the title i did two different things on a master's first of all i tried to connect a peruvian rhythm called festejo from what part of africa did it came from right i might be completely off maybe yes maybe no i don't know i just you know i can't go back in time and really ask so yeah, yeah. so i did a lot of study on that that was part of of the dit and and i got to realize that because of the slave trade and everything it comes from a place called wasolong and why did i like how did i thought or how did i see that those two are connected is because of the of the accent the word the accent is really you know like a lot of 12 8 rhythms will be or it could be one two three or it could be uh what else uh right but this festejo rhythm goes tum ta ta tum so one two three tum ta ta kum ta ta kum so the accent is in that upbeat of two yeah and the only rhythm I found in Africa again there might be so many rhythms in Africa that I know I don't know yeah, yeah. but because of the slave trade and everything the, the only one I found was called wasolonka this was the connection you this is the connection I did yeah. and the, and the rhythm goes uh, it has this ticking 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 tum tum ticking ticking tum tum ticking ticking tak katak gum you know so it's yeah. it's like okay well I guess this is a connection a type of connection you know because of slave trade the history where they came from etc yeah and then the next part, my thesis was about um, what I call the universal clave. Yes. How universal is the universal clave? That was my title. Cool. The title actually is uh, Tommy Gray came up with the title. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because he's a genius. He's that a, one. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I was like, yeah, I don't know what to call it. And then one day he was like, how universal is the universal clave? It's like perfect. Brilliant. Tommy Gray, trademark. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll get Tommy on as well. And uh, that basically, that idea I had, it was because of the Beatles. Uh, I was in Rishikesh. Uh, Rishikesh is where the Beatles did the, the White Album. We were in a tour with Tommy Moore. Um, and in Rishikesh, uh, they took Donovan Frankenreiter, uh, the guitar player. Yeah. And they were as well with Ravi Shankar. Oh, cool. And um, <laughs> Donovan, in, in an interview, tells a story of he was, you know, uh, showing this guitar pattern to John Lennon. But Paul McCartney was near that, and he kind of heard it. And he came up with Blackbird because of that. But he heard the pattern backwards. Wow. So I was like, I'm pretty sure rhythm is like that. Uh, like different types of rhythms come because people hear it backwards. People feel it in a different place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's nothing wrong with it. Uh, well, unless obviously you're playing funk <laughs> and you're like, that's the one. Woo! <laughs> yeah. But... Have you ever gone to the supermarket or to anywhere and there's the background music and you go like, ah, oh, that's pretty cool. And then suddenly, wait, that's not the one. What? Yeah, yeah. And you then know? you hear it in the right place. And, and then like, you, oh. well, the right place. Yes. Yeah, sorry. You know, yeah. well, I mean, the right place in that context of the song. But so many times I've heard things differently and I'm like, man, this is so groovy. And then boom, when the, the one comes in, it's like, oh, this wasn't that groovy. Yeah. <laughs> So what happens that the universal clave is this clave that everybody knows that goes right? Yeah. So if you put that in in eighth notes and you start moving the pattern around by an eighth note each time, 
then you can get like or yeah it sounds the same if i don't count it yeah yeah you know but if i, if I go um uh, uh, or um two three four yeah and that was what, what my master was about and that was pretty cool to practice it with the metronome and just being able to go from one point to the other yeah you know and practicing the clavis in different places and when you put all those clavis together I, I basically did eight different well seven different ones and then you put each one together with each which each one of them so let's say two with three and so what so you get clavis from cuba Oh, cool. You get clavis from New Orleans. You get patterns from Brazil. Yeah. You can actually go like, this is from this part of the world, this is from this part of the world, and you just kind of throw them on the map. Like cool. That's. Very cool. That was my yeah my master's degree. And if I, anybody wants to read it, I'll be more than happy to send it to you. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. And, yeah, like, how did that impact on your drumming, or did A it? A lot. A lot, yeah. A lot, of course. Yeah. Because it makes me see that no i mean you can do so many things with rhythm you know and if you hear something backwards don't beat yourself up about it just yeah, yeah. listen to it and, and create new patterns yeah you know and uh and then I, I can i was able to compose more things because i love composing that's one of my my most beautiful things for in, in my life just grabbing my guitar and composing lines and composing things and, and arrange as well you know composing yeah. bass lines and because i have this clavis in my head I can come up with very groovy and simple bass lines or very groovy and simple guitar patterns or yeah. or or one that or just very groovy simple drum stuff as well. Yep. 100%. You know, that's been around for ever millennia. Yeah. Yeah. God knows. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um that's pretty cool. And so you left Dublin down to Granada. You're doing the jazz school. Mhm. Mm um teaching you doing a bit of teaching down I'm there? Doing teaching, yeah. some private teaching. I'm teaching at the jazz school as well, teaching uh, ensembles. So teaching jazz fusion and Brazilian jazz cool. and rhythm. And uh, other teachers are teaching other ensembles, hard bop. It's great. Uh, I mean, when I got there, I had to study a lot as well because the level in Spain is pretty high. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. In Granada, there's great musicians so much that you can actually do two big bands <laughs> <laughs> savage yeah yeah and, and they're great improvisers um people that are sometimes go to madrid madrid and barcelona have a very very high level yeah yeah very 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 high level um like that's why like brad meldo and jeff ballard and kurt rosenwinkel they used to live in barcelona wow and uh this the, yeah the community there they don't pay very well <laughs> yeah in barcelona but uh but yeah, no, Granada is a place, there's a lot of culture. It's a place that has had a lot of history as well. You have the Alhambra there, which is like one of the biggest uh, mosques in, in the world. And um, so many different people have lived in Granada for centuries and centuries, you know. Yeah. And, uh, cool. Uh, it's a place with a lot of history. It's the place with Christopher Columbus. Ask Isabel La Católica permission to go to South America. That's Granada. Cool very cool yeah so that that tells you the amount of energy that granada has yeah musicians everywhere cool. artistic people everywhere you know yeah. a bit of everything and uh it's great beautiful place very cheap 
very good for an artist to live. Very, yeah. very good. And uh, as soon as I was there, I feel very welcome by everybody. Cool. Everybody was very happy. So, yeah. That's great, man. Jesus. Yeah. So you've got the, is it, is it, do you say Pisca or Fisca? Pisca. 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 Yeah, yeah. That album's coming out this year? That album's coming out. It's called Pachamama. We recorded in a place in in Granada as well, in a Valle de Lecrin. Valley is a valley of Lecrin. Cool. Full of orange trees, lemon trees, oh. almond trees, with this unbelievable view. Like you open the, the studio room and you had this amazing view. I was like, I'll show you pictures yeah. later on. And uh, for in this house, it's called the La Casa Studio. If anybody wants to record, it's very cheap. It actually costs you less to go and record to, over there. To fly in. <laughs> yeah, get yeah. The, yeah. Ah, you, you get tickets for 20 quid to Malaga. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and the um, great, great place. We recorded the, the CD all live. Cool. And uh, yeah, I tried to, I tried to be a bit more, have a bit more of production and think about the CD a bit more. The, the first CD was a bit more like, cool, well, let's get together. I compose these tunes. They're a bit of like standards, you know? Yeah. The second CD uh, has a, a shaman chant, which I com oh, yeah? I did an arrangement for okay. it, for the band, and uh, we have a, a cumbia from the jungle as well. Cool, and a bit of bit of everything, uh, which th I think that the record label really really loved, and that's why we're working together, you know, Daddy. and with the manager as well. So well, last year we played in France, great gig. So yeah, cool. Anything else coming up? this year anything else coming up this year well i'm playing with a guy a friend of mine called hermano panta and um he's a flute player and uh, we play with him with him we played in the fringe festival in edinburgh cool we've played all over spain in this past year i've been literally all over spain yeah in all the islands play, playing with this guy because uh he has very nice music and uh that's uh, that's another guy who he tours around playing his music so cool. it looks like this summer we're gonna be doing a tour of the Balkans, and uh, yeah, it's great. That's unreal. Yeah, so it, it's all, it's all again, you know, self promotion. He knew about me because somebody can, you know, play with me. He saw the photos. He heard the videos. He's like, "Yeah, this is the guy." Cool. No. It's like, "Hey, can you do the tours?" He's like, "Yeah, of course I can do the tours." <laughs> unreal. Yeah. So we rehearsed, oh, and then that's great. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Time for some quick fire questions. Woo! Where's your favorite place to eat in Dublin? Neon. Done. Uh, what kind of music are you listening to these days? Uh, African percussion music. Some cumbia and big band. Cool. Psychedelic cumbia from the jungle of Peru. I, I have to be specific because yeah, yeah, no, there, there's other cool. type of yeah, cumbias yeah. as well from Colombia yeah. and stuff like that. Cool. You know? So, yeah. Um, Worst gig you've ever played? Worst gig I've ever played. Oh Jesus! What's this wedding? <laughs> it was all like very dramatic and weird, very weird cabaret music. Yeah, yeah, very weird. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Yeah, just yeah. felt weird, or just it was everything. Just like everything. everything was bad about everything it. was yeah. bad. The organization, the music was bad. The crowd were just looking, going like. Are you the wedding band? Really? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> best, best gig. I think you've kind of answered this. I think already. I've answered that one yeah. already. Though the, the big band gig as well, we played 
that for the new big one that was amazing as well. Yeah. So yeah, I I have to say, experience wise, best gig I've played is with Kurt. Yeah. Hands down, you know. Cool. But uh, I have a bit of everything. Yes. <laughs> Deadly. All right, favorite, and I'm. You may have answered this already. Favorite pattern, groove, part of a song. Okay, favorite. Uh, I, I guess roll really will be the six stroke roll. Yep. Pattern, anything that comes from Africa, really. <laughs> yeah. I what I love to do is I grab dununs. Uh, if, for people that don't know what a dunun is, is basically the small, the medium, and the big uh, kind of toms from Africa. Right, and uh, oh, something I haven't said. Where Max Roach said that the drum set is the most eclectic instrument there is, yeah. because the cymbals come from China, the snare from France, and the toms from Africa. Yep. Yeah. It's uh, and so basically, it's this, it's this little orchestra from around the world. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Which is great, you know. And um, I love to learn dunun patterns and orchestrate it on the drum set. You know. Right. And there's like uh, rhythms like Manjani. Which I love. Uh, I don't know. There's so many of them. There's a there's a web uh, web page called WAP, W A P for West African Percussion. Oh, cool! And it, everything's written down. So I recommend everybody just grab a kenkeni because the kenkeni will go ticking, 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 ticking. You can put that on your right hand. Yeah. And the sangban can go. And the dunun can go. And man, you become an orchestra. Yeah, just like that. So yeah, I know it's a bit big and broad what I've said, but yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the first thing. So that's that's why I love Start, this rhythm, yeah, this yeah. book. Wow, that's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. Do you think we could get you to play? Sure. A little bit of that. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there anything on a tune in particular that you'd want to play along to, or? Because um, some some guys have done to a to a tune, others have done just the rhythm and stuff. Just the rhythm, just I'd the say. Rhythm. Yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. Just get get a snippet of you playing. Yeah, yeah. Of I course, that'd be cool. Cool. Right. All right. Like right now, or uh, well, I'll put it in after. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. 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 Uh, Kota Helmet, Fiegra Kinder. Thank you very very much. Oh, well, thank, thank you for, you for having coming me. on. It's great, and hopefully you're back in Dublin a lot sooner than. Yeah, I definitely want to be back at least once a year. Yeah. At least. Yeah. You know maybe twice yeah. uh i have to you know because uh i love everybody here for me irish people are just the best yeah yeah, yeah. well for there the, you go for the crack you heard it here first <laughs> thank you so much man no thank you for having me yeah. and uh I, I hope uh this inspires people as well to pursue to get their own voice yeah no 100 percent. hopefully savage thank you man thank you so much thank you <laughs>